Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Thank you, guys. Very, very nice um, anointing in here tonight. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, tonight. I'm going to read from um, Mark. Is it Mark? Yeah, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, and we'll go to verse 22. Is this okay? We go for a bit of Bible? Because we're talking about miracles tonight, and I believe there are lots of miracles in here. I believe people are going to get miracles right now. If you need a baby, you're going to get pregnant. Not here tonight, but you will get pregnant in the next couple of months. Um, I believe people who need a job are going to get a job tonight. I believe that people who need a house are going to get a house in the next few months. I believe that God is about to unlock some serious health issues that have bound people up. Cancers are going to go tonight in Jesus' name, okay? It's going to bow to the name of Jesus. Whatever cancer it may be. I mean, if my loma bowed down the other week, just got a speaking to my auntie today, who is now home and healed after having multiple myeloma. So if God can heal that, he can heal anything. And, and, I, and I didn't even try hard. I didn't walk in there, look out, the man of God's turned up. I didn't go in there raving and ranting like a flipping mad evangelist, televangelist or something. I just walked in there and, grabbed, and put my hand on her hand and just said, I just speak the life-giving power of Jesus onto your body right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Not even quite that loud. Not even quite that loud. And, uh, and then the doctor came in a little bit later and said, what's happened in here? I'll tell you what happened. The Holy Spirit walked in the room because he walks where I walk. Because that's a relationship we've got. Then a nurse came in, and the nurse um, said, after well, not first time she came in, but about the fifth time she came in, she said, I think I know you. And I said, well, could have, could have seen me somewhere. Who knows? And she said, no, no, there's just something about the room. And then she said, I, I think, she said, I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? <laughs> and then she said, I gave my life to Christ in Cairns at a Youth Alive meeting about 10 years ago when you were preaching. I'm sure it was you preaching there. And she said, Here's God, isn't it weird how God had her nursing my auntie? And uh, just that whole thing. You never know who you're going to connect with. Respect everybody. Love everybody. Get over yourself. Build a flipping bridge and get over yourself. <laughs> Because people you despise today can be your boss tomorrow, your neighbor the next week. They can be anything in your life. So we need to understand that the gospel is the only truth. Okay? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's not another truth. There's not new age stuff won't do it for you, friend. I'm sorry. It will not do it for you. It just doesn't cut it. Jesus is the only truth. If that upsets you, hard luck because it works for me. Jesus is the only truth. Jesus is the one who heals. He's the one who restores. Anyway, we're in Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Then he came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. 
And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. And he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. Then he restored, then, and sorry, and he was restored and said, saw everyone clearly. And he, then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anybody in the town. Amazing miracle. Blind eyes open. The Bible's full of blind eyes. You don't seem to see so many blind people today. There's a lot, I believe, it's a metaphor to us in many ways, and there's a lot of people blind spiritually that do not understand. Because the Bible says this. In in Isaiah it says, um, you will mount up on eagles' wings. You will soar above the circumstances. You will walk and not faint. You will run and not grow weary. You will soar on the wings of an eagle. That's a pr- prophetic message to every believer, to the church, that we're supposed to live above and not below. That even if sickness does come along, we curse sickness in Jesus' name because it has no authority in our life. has no authority. We live above it. Now, now I believe that healing is of God and, and happens on a consistent basis. Not everyone I pray for gets healed, but... A number of people experience the miraculous and are incredibly healed. There's a couple of keys I want to release tonight that I believe are key in this man getting healed and in you receiving your miracle tonight. Is that okay? And I believe number one is, so number one is they brought this blind man to him and he begged Jesus to touch him. You've got to want it with everything you've got. I'm hung. You know how hungry I was for my miracle when I was paralyzed. Christians, friends who were Christians, would come in and whisper prayers over me, whisper. And I used to say to them, "It's never going to cut it, guys. I'm desperate, and I'm unashamed of the God. I don't care if the whole hospital hears. I need to be healed. So you can pray with a bit of gusto." Audacious faith. There you go. Audacious faith. And believe for God to do a miracle. And I told you the other night, the guy in the next room got healed. If, I, if you didn't get it the other night. Okay. So they're praying for me in, in room 4B. And then the guy in room, whatever it is, 4C, comes running into the room crying. And says, I don't know what you guys are doing in here, but I just got healed. (laughs) See, I kind of believe that if our faith is big enough, that it can change the whole atmosphere of the whole hospital. Why just get me healed after all? God wants to sort of clear things out and set people free. So let's believe that God's bigger, number one. He's bigger than anything you could believe, and God wants you to be expectant and excited about a miracle tonight, okay? Now, here's what happens, look. So he takes the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. When you're blind, just heal me right here, please. Don't walk me around streets with gutters and curbs where I'm going to trip over. Just do it here. We want things to be on our terms and in such a comfortable zone. But there's some things that God expects of us. There's some things that God expects of us. God expects us to prepare ourselves for a miracle. 
Like, I'm going to fast, I'm going to go for God, I'm going to get, I'm going to make my life ready to receive whatever God's got. I'm going to step over the line, if that's what it takes, to get what God's going to get. When my daughter, my daughter got meningitis, okay? Elena got meningitis when she was a little girl. We'd gone to be missionaries in Tonga. So we'd gone to serve God on the mission field. Before I went, people said, this is like 20 years ago, people said, you're nuts. What would you do that for? You've got a great business. You've got everything going for you here. You're going to go and serve who? Only God. Okay. So off we went. We get there. They said there's no medical facilities on the island. Who knows what could happen there? Man, you're going to die over there. And so we all go. I take my whole family. My youngest daughter was just two. Little Christy, she was two. She always remembers that because we checked her into, I don't know what it was, We'd, you'd call it kindergarten here, I think, or something, but it was the Tongan version of that, which is pretty out there. And it, she was the only white girl in the entire situation. And I forgot to pick her up one day. And so in, in Australia, they'd make, well, in this day and age, they'd make a phone call, there'd be some sort of security situation happen. But I arrived two hours later and she was still sitting on the post at the front of the school. So she's mortally wounded emotionally for that. She's carrying scars in her spirit and she just shakes all the time now, okay? And uh, she's actually my number one general manager of Inspired Church, incredibly intelligent and brilliant. Why? Because God's bigger than the circumstances. If she... Oh, I won't go there. I, I was nearly going nearly gonna to blow that. We won't go there. Carrying on. I've got my mind totally keyed into this line, and I'm going to switch. And I'm going to say this, that uh, we serve God there, and then my eldest daughter suddenly goes down ill. She goes down very ill and she starts to drift in and out of unconsciousness. So we're like, whoa, what's going on? So we managed to locate a German doctor who was on the island. We took it to the German doctor. And this is what the German doctor did. Did some tests and then came out and saw us and said, just don't know if you guys are ready to hear this, but you're about to lose your daughter. And that was pretty tough to hear. I mean, and the devil's not whispering, screaming in this ear. You idiot, I told you, if you come to this God-forsaken land, this is what will happen to you. There's no medical tension here that can help you. And so it was a horrific thing. And then I said, nah, I'm not going to believe that voice. I'm going to believe the voice of the Spirit. That told us to come here. When I was driving in the road one day, he said, get rid of everything you got and go serve me for two years in Tonga and establish a... a um, facility to help get people out of prison ex-cons and people who were chained to walls and help make a life for people who had no life so we went and did that and I was there for probably two weeks and we walked into the prison one day and there was this guy literally had chains on him just in the open weather they didn't bother covering people up who were half crazy. They just had him chained to the wall there, chained, his feet were in shackles, his arms were in shackles, and, um, and about the only freedom he had was about that sort of thing. And all his wrists were cut to ribbons, his ankles were cut to ribbons, and he was just really not far off the Gadarean. And um, bleeding, 
And I remember going in there and saying, well, the first thing we need to do, guys, is get that guy set free. And they said, we would recommend that you do not go within two meters of him. And I said, see, I have no fear, zero fear, because the Holy Spirit's in me. And I've got lots of angels. You guys haven't got many because I've got yours. (laughs) They got bored just walking down the road, telling you to go witness that person you kept walking. They just got bored. So they came over and they said, we're going to hang with you, Don, because you do things that are totally freaky and you get stuck in and you do stuff. And so anyway, so I walk up to him and he's like trying to wrench these things out of the wall and kicking and screaming and frothing at the mouth like a madman. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, get out of him. No louder than that. And he became as humble as a baby instantaneously. The devil left him and he just relaxed. They unshackled him. They wouldn't do it the first day. None of them believed it was actually a miracle. They thought he was faking. But after one day they released him and I used to get that guy come in. He was a a multiple murder case and I remember the day we had him in a little room and we took my little daughter, little Christy. (laughs) It's a miracle she hasn't got psychological issues. And... uh, (laughs) And we took little Christy in there, and he's sitting there, and he's, he's, he's still kind of looking no peace, angry. And I remember that day we were having a little meeting, just a little meeting. We had five people that we'd managed to get who were sort of wrecked lives. And I remember grabbing little Christy and saying, could you hold her for a minute, sir? And that guy wept his heart out for the next 20 minutes. You could barely scrape him off the floor and God healed his heart just as he held my little daughter. And totally set free. Total miracle. 100% miracle. And so I believe in a big God. Anyway, my daughter's, the other one's got meningitis now because we got sidetracked onto Christy. Elena's got meningitis. So... I said, well, this is not good enough. And the doctor, German doctor said, best thing you can do, take her home and just prepare her to die. Nothing we can do on this island. You can't fly her because the meningitis is too advanced, da-da-da-da-da. Like, it's always the worst story. But how many know that God kind of likes bad stories? You know, I think sometimes we want it all smooth, but I find that faith only gets activated when it gets a bit rough. And so, anyway, so I said, no, that's not going to happen. So I remember going out. I went and visited the Prime Minister about a month earlier and said to him, would you please give us 50 acres? I want to build a rehabilitation plant for all of your guys who are not happening here in your country. And he gave me 50 acres right next to the airport. He's a miracle-working God. It's, It's amazing what God will do if you just trust him and listen to him. You know, even I remember the day I sat down at the king's table. He invited me in. He sat at that end, which is right down where you sound guys are. And I sat at this end. And we had a meeting. I don't know how that actually went, but it was the longest (laughs) table. And uh, while he's talking to me, he brings in dancing girls like kings do it. They had dancing girls and musicians happening all around us. Well, we're kind of having kind of a meeting. It was kind of weird because he wanted to have toasted sandwiches this day, so that's what we had. And uh, here I was in the presence of a king. And uh, he gave us a grant 
that would give us some money to equip some of this farm, which is so awesome. God will do miracles if you just trust him, total trust. Anyway, so I went out to this piece of land, and I decided that I would build an altar. So I grabbed a lot of coral, a lot of coral on Tonga. So I built up all this coral, and I built it up to about kind of like 1.2 metres high. And then I laid on top of it, and I told God, I'm laying on this altar, and I'm going to give you my life in place of my daughter. So I laid there six hours, just laid there on the rocks, and then nothing happened. He didn't take me. So I thought I'd go home and see how it all is. And I went home, got on a little motorbike we'd brought, rode all the way home, picked up Christy off the post as I went. <laughs> she... She would love hearing this because she consistently likes to remind me about it. Anyway, anyway, picked, uh, let's forget Christy. I, <laughs> I go home, I go home, and um, Julia says, no improvement. So I said, well, no, we've trusted God, I've believed God, and I've prayed the prayer. Let's just chill out. And so I said, let's bring her into bed with us. If she's going to die, it's better she dies between us. So we put her in between us and we lay in the double bed there. And then we prayed. Julia and I agreed and we prayed this prayer because there was a lot of condemnation. You can imagine it. What the heck are we doing in Tonga? You idiots. Why did you do that? And so we said, God, we believe and we trust you that you brought us this far by your grace. Therefore, God, we're prepared. If this is the time, we give you our daughter right now. We're happy to hand her over to you if you want to use us here in Tonga. And God, right now, we surrender her to you and we thank you for the amazing 13 years we've had with her. Two seconds later, her eyes pop open and she's never missed a beat since. Uh, A-class student, incredibly intelligent, amazing woman you know God only wants one thing from us and that's trust I'd sooner trust him than anything else anything else now there's one more oh hang on we've got to get back to this guy here he is and so where did we get to Jesus led him out then and then it says and when he had spit on his eyes everybody say spit on his eyes now I don't know about you but I've been a Christian for several years people come up and spit in my eyes tonight who knows what my action could be? Who knows? And I don't know what would happen if we spit on other people's eyes. It makes people react. I've found that. So I want to speak to one more thing I want to speak to. Jesus spoke a lot about forgiveness. And, I be- and the thing that causes us to need forgiveness is offense. We get offended. And I did address that slightly at the beginning of the meeting. Friend, if you want a miracle, get over your offense. If you want a miracle, get over your offense. Because here's the deal. Jesus spoke a lot about forgiveness. In fact, Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, sorry, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, forgive us our trespasses, we forgive others. Jesus said at the end of that, unless you forgive others, I can't forgive you. The biggest thing in your miracle is forgiveness. The biggest thing. Have you got me? This is, I believe a lot of people are going to get healed here tonight. You're going to go home healed. But the first thing you've got to do, this is a major key. 
Get an attitude that says, I'm for going to forgive. I'm going to. Forgiveness is not hard. It's how big do you want to live? If you want to be the eagle that soars over the circumstances, if you want to live that big, then you've got to decide to be that. See, people come to me and they say, Pastor Don, I want to be, hold, I want to be the head of, of creative, your worship team. Don, I want to be the head of the creative team. I think I'm the person for it. I said, are you big enough to get offended every day and live happy? still be smiling because you get offended in life and I know a lot of small people aren't big enough to carry the anointing because they get offended and they start uh, holding unforgiveness and they lose what was on their life to start with you've got to know how to forgive my son my son um, he's dead now he's gone to heaven um, he's in heaven now should I say Regan but when he was courting I remember when he was courting his beautiful wife Rebecca and he was courting her and Regan built he built a car Okay, he loved building cars so he built this Porsche and he built it out as a kit set and he built it up in our garage and made a heck of a mess of garage finally got the thing together I was happy to see it out of the garage you know every dad knows what I'm talking about there finally it's out of the garage go drive the thing I didn't ask him how safe it was just get it out of the garage I didn't realise that he didn't have the door handles done properly properly yet I didn't realize that the seats were just sitting in and next thing I see him and he goes down the road and picks up his girlfriend at that time who was wife to be and so I see him go past it was just a flash and he went past and uh and he went down the road and then there's a couple of big roundabouts down the road and I heard this Porsche thing going around the roundabouts and so I knew there was pace involved and then there's the last roundabout, you sweep around it and you scream up this hill and you could hear him giving it everything and then next thing he comes back and this is the story, when he went around that roundabout the seat, that, the, the Recaro seat that she was sitting in which wasn't buckled in decided to lean against the door that didn't have a proper latch on it and the whole thing flew out of the car and uh, so he's screaming up the hill and uh, this was Regan's words he says dad I looked in the rear vision mirror and I saw her going along the road with her hands in the air sitting in the Recaro seat and he said so I turned around and I did a drive-by to make sure she wasn't too scarred up and then I went and picked her up And, and married her about a year later. <laughs> a lot of people, like, she became his wife. Most girls would be so offended, they'd never want to go out with him again. But she forgave him. And I want to say tonight, if you want a miracle, you need to know how to be quick at forgiving. To have a sustainable miracle in your life, know how to forgive and know how to be quick at it. And, and funny thing, you know, humans find it, we, why do we find it so hard to forgive? I can forgive anybody because the power of God in me is bigger than the, than the offense. Why do you let offenses come? You know, Julia and I used to live in this, this little village and uh, it, we was, it was a, they were all, um, um, what do they call those things? Baby boomer houses. Yeah, just where you went to have babies, really. So they're all sort of little boxes and uh, no fences, no fences. And we got on so well with our neighbours and we loved all our neighbours and everything went well. And after we got a little bit of money, we all decided to put up these fences. And we hardly saw our neighbours again. 
And you know what I reckon happens in life? We are so good at putting up fences that we stop the very relationships that can be instrumental in us getting healed and restored. And we put walls up in our lives all the time. And I want to say to somebody here tonight, you've got to pull down the walls that you've put up in your life, the offenses. You've got to pull them down tonight, and God's going to do a supernatural miracle in your body. I felt that today as I was praying about this meeting, that if someone pulls down the walls, God's going to heal you. Animals don't have a problem forgiving. Even little kids can forgive. They'll have a fight, and they'll beat each other up. Then the parents are having a fight because they can't quite work it out, and they can't forgive, while the kids are now out on the front lawn playing with each other again, and they've clean forgotten it. Why can't we live like that and forgive and get over it? Even animals. My dog, I had a dog called Tip, all right? Tip. Tip was my favorite dog. I loved Tip. And one day I went to pick up, I left my trailer out at my dad's place, and I went to three o'clock in the morning to pick up my trailer to take it to work, not knowing that Dad had tried and tied my favourite dog, Tip, onto the trailer <laughs> so that Tip could sleep under the trailer. And so I went around there and picked up the trailer, and so it's three o'clock in the morning, it's pitch black, and I saw Tip running alongside, but I didn't see the, 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 the thing. <laughs> I just saw Tip. So I was like, love you, Tip, love you, Tip. And he's like licking my hand and stuff, driving down Dad's driveway, licking my hand. And I said, okay, get home now, mate, we're out of here. And I got down to the bottom and I just put my foot hard to the boards and we were doing, I was literally with the trailer on doing 160 kilometres an hour. Are you in kilometres here? Yeah, 160 kilometres an hour uh, driving to my work site. And unaware that we've got a roadrunner. And um, so my dad hears me when I floor it at the bottom of the driveway and suddenly realises, no, he didn't come and get the trailer. So he runs out to the kitchen, he looks out, and he reckons it looked like a spare wheel bouncing along behind the car. And it would have been Tip, the roadrunner. And so... I drive all the way, I drive 20 miles, I get there, 20 miles to work, I get there, hop out of my car to do a day's work, and um, wanted to start early to get it done, and then I walk around the back of the trailer, and there's this, this broken old torn up cord on the road, on behind the trailer, and I was like, oh no, that must have been Tip, he must have been hooked on, and so I was like, no, how could you possibly, my favourite dog, one of my best mates in life, he never argues with me, he's my friend. So I thought, I can't work. So I started driving all the way back slowly, all the way back, looking for tip, looking for little pieces of him on the road, looking all over the place, and, and just couldn't recognise him anywhere. And all the way back to my dad's place, and I get back to dad's, and I was like, man, where's tip? And they said, well, last time we saw him, he was doing these massive... Feet had touched the ground every 20 metres. And um, so a horrific, horrific feeling, which some of you can feel right now. And so I was convinced Tip would be dead on this. So I drove all day, spending up and down, not all day, sorry, next couple of hours driving up and down this road looking for Tip. Next time I came back to Dad, I thought, I've had enough. I'm giving up. I went back to Dad's, and I get into Dad's driveway, and who comes out to meet me? <laughs> Tip! <laughs> and Tip comes out. Now, I don't know about you, like all his feet were like 
like bleeding. His feet were bleeding because you can only run so fast. And uh, his feet were all bleeding. And um, where he had done the death roll at the end, the death roll to get out of the noose, and it slipped the collar when he did the death roll. He had a few cuts on himself. But he came up to me, and he's licking me. He's, he's licking me. We're the best of mates. I mean, forgiven. Forgiven. Why do we find it so hard? Will there be dogs in heaven? Forgiven. We seriously do need to close right now. And and I need to close tonight because I believe that right now there are miracles in this house. And in order to get a miracle, the first thing you need to do, I believe, the greatest key that this blind man do, he never held an offense and he accepted everything that was happening in his life and received the ultimate miracle to receive sight. I believe people are going to receive sight here tonight. I'm not talking about physical sight, I'm talking about spiritual sight. You're going to be able to see the blessing of God, you'll have it on your lives and you'll walk in that. There's, I've got to do this just before I press on. There's a young lady sitting right here. Where do you come from incidentally? You come from Harvey Bay. What's your name? Stand, stand up for a minute, Samantha. Is that okay? Yeah. Good on you, Samantha. And Samantha, all night the Holy Spirit's been saying to me, pray for that girl because, I don't know, what do you do with your life right now? Um, school. School, eh? Yeah. You're still at school. So get ready, Samantha. There's a call of God on your life. And I see you crossing the sea and actually being incredibly involved in helping young girls and ministering to kids and seeing amazing hope and healing coming to them. I've seen that on your life all night. I don't know if you've ever had a dream of that, but I'll tell you right now, the power of God's on you to help people get a real blessing in life. Father, I thank you for this girl, and I pray right now, let an anointing come on Samantha, because she's going to be a visionary, and she's going to see things that others can't see, and she's going to run with the vision, and God, her vision is going to cause her never to stumble on offenses, but to be a bold, courageous And in fact, I believe right now what's on me, audacious faith, comes on your life tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Go for that. Audacious faith. Here's what we're going to do right now. I have no doubt, because God really laid this on my heart today, forgiveness is the key. Because if you want to soar, you've got to forgive. I'm reading a book at the moment that says if you don't forgive, just as a secular book, it's not even Christian, secular, it says that scientists have discovered now that if you don't forgive, within two years, it'll bring a curse of a disease on your life. Scientists are saying that, not, not me, not the Bible, it's the scientists. If they're saying that, there's got to be a bit of truth in what God says, forgive and you'll live whole, wholesome and free. So I want you right now to make a commitment, God, I'm going to forgive every person who I'm holding anything against. So let's do that right now. (coughs) The Bible says, let this attitude be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. That could just mean that the attitude of Christ that would forgive every one of us for our sin could be the best attitude you could ever have in life to live whole, free, and in victory. 
that diseases, you speak to the, Jesus spoke to diseases and they went. He spoke to dead people and they rose from the dead. He spoke to other issues and they just eradicated. And I believe right now that if we can be free of offense and unforgiveness, God can do the miraculous in every home here. Because I don't want this just to be a miracle on Sunday. I'm sorry, we're on Tuesday night. Wednesday night, sorry, Wednesday night. I don't want it to be a miracle on Wednesday night. I want this to be something that you begin to activate. So some of you are going to lay hands on your kids. Some of you are going to pray over your houses. And a spirit of infirmity is going to leave that house. I saw that happening today. Spirit of infirmity leaving your house. Never going to curse you again. Gone in Jesus' name. Some of you have got generational things on you where you can't forgive auntie whoever who's now in the grave. Are you going to wait? I don't know how long you could wait to forgive her. I mean, just forgive and get over it because God wants to set you free of carrying that curse on your life. But curses are going to be broken in the next three minutes. Curses are going to be broken. People are going to be set free. Some people who have got mind issues they're going to be set free because the shackles of unforgiveness have held you in that realm here comes the anointing right now I want you right now to just bow your heads right where you are Father I ask right now that you would unlock our hearts unlock our spirits from that issue of offense we've carried which has caused and developed into bitterness anger resentment and has become toxic in our lives and is today causing physical issues in our physical body father i pray that right now that curse be broken across this place in jesus name and i'm going to ask you right now just right where you are just in your own time in your own place if there's anything you need to forgive do it right now just do it right now the power of god's here and god's saying just forgive make it your prayer god i forgive them god i let it go God, it's not worth holding on, and I let it go. I pray right now the power of God comes on you, gives you the strength to make a bold decision today and forgive and let it go in Jesus' name. Forgive it. Just forgive and let it go. It's the devil's lie on you. Your choices today release the power of your destiny tomorrow. Don't let anything hold you back in yesterday. Let it go right now. I have zero people in my life who I need to forgive. I, I have to live there. Have to live there. Make a point of it right now. Just God, I let it go. God, I let it go. Now in Jesus' name, people all over here, I, I, I just feel people have just let it go right there. So Jesus, I thank you right now that you begin to heal bodies right here. That cancer gets healed. I speak to that blood disorder right now. Gets healed right here tonight in Jesus' name. I speak to that, that kidney infection. Right now it goes in Jesus' name. I speak to that cancer and I command you to bow to the name of Jesus right now. And the, we, 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 I declare and I prophesy the resurrection power of the blood of Jesus over this meeting right now. I speak to that disorder in your stomach. I speak to it right now and command it to be healed in Jesus' name. And there goes an anointing right now on that right there. Right there it's happening. Somebody in 
in your eyes right now. God's doing a miracle in your eyes right now. We spoke about eyes tonight and a miracle's happening in somebody's eyes right there as we speak because you let it go. And in Jesus' name, Lord, right now, we declare I speak to every other skin disorder, every other dysfunction of the human system. I speak to it right now in Jesus' name. I speak to hearing, deafness tonight. And I command that ears be unblocked tonight in Jesus' name. I pray right now, God, across this place, activate the power of your anointing and set men and women free tonight in Jesus' name. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.